some of you come from distant places, so you may not have landed completely yet. So I have to take it fairly gently this evening. <clears throat> have some time together, and uh, you know, in a way, everybody does their own retreat. Because you've all got your own processes, your own karmic stuff to work out, and things that interest you and things that uh, click for you. Uh, so I just hope to be able to infuse some of your ongoing meditation practice with a few reminders, encouragements, insights, ways of looking at what you're dealing with in accordance with the teaching of the Buddha, as uh, I've understood it, and try to integrate it into my own life. Yeah. So it's very much, in my opinion, an integration teaching, and uh, not just the sort of cutting a piece out of life, but really trying to find particular clues and pieces that we can put ourselves together again to leave an integrated life where we're not, where we feel we can actually bring forth uh, goodness and truth of human human nature rather than the wackiness and the pain of it all. So hopefully I have no particular program, uh, so I just tend to be with people, meditate, sit and contemplate and bring up what comes to mind. Naturally, there's quite a few things that can come to mind. <laughs> yeah. But this evening we'll start with um, referring to the Buddha using a, a, the chanting. And I find this a very <coughs> appropriate uh, vehicle because the chanting is both anonymous it's not my language, it's also extremely personal because it's my breath coming out of my chest through my vocal cords. It's not words on a page, but sounds. And when we chant together, it's that everybody's breath and everybody's sound is coming up and merging. And it's a sense of literally group harmony that can occur. And really harmony is quite a sacred, quite a sacred thing for human beings to, to be able to accomplish. Uh, so we'll just do a short introductory chant and then I'll perhaps give some instructions and this evening we'll look towards establishing the boundaries and the first set of boundaries is the, uh, the form, the precept form, the moral form or the basic customs and conventions that will help to give us a sense of coherence, consolidation and uh, undistractedness as we do our, our work. So if you'd like to join me, we will chant the <coughs> evening chanting. Page two. Page two. Just, uh, don't, this is a Pali language. You see these, these little triangles, black triangles. Well, when they point down, it means your voice drops. And when they point up, you mean your voice rises, it rises about a semitone, a half tone. So, Bhagawa Arahum Swakato Yena Bhagawaka. And when a, a vowel has a line on top of it, it's, it's a long sound, like R. If it isn't, it's a short sound, like R. Uh, uh, uh. And essentially, uh, just sort of mumble reverentially. Listen to those who know what they're doing. Is <laughs> <laughs> the rule of thumb. <laughs> You'll get it in the end. Amen. Um. 
choose to Buddha's teaching you see that often people have different ways of indicating respect and this is the kind of formulaic <coughs> way we do it in uh, domestic circles is bowing in a way of paying respect essentially it's about uh, I choose to do this uh, uh, it's about recognizing that, that what I seem to be is actually sitting on top of something much bigger uh, and more wonderful than my personality is. <laughs> uh, not to not to decry it, but to recognise we're sitting on a potential that's a lot bigger than uh, who we assume we are, and a lot of this potential can be found in the body. And a huge amount can be found in the mind to you know how to look. The sense of uh, willingness to enter, constant willingness to enter, be to be taught, to learn, to to um, uh, meet things properly in a respectful manner. Now, we'll start just with a little bit of meditation or meditation exercise to help us to centre and the most renowned and well-established system for this is mindfulness of body body gives us a location and awareness we're aware of being the presence of a body our body and how is that coming into the feeling sensations and the feeling of, of the body Recognizing the body as its own life force and intelligence, knows how to sit. So you want to sit in a way that most properly allows the body to be um, balanced and comfortable. 
and this essentially this comes through establishing a firm foundation through the seat, how you're sitting, can be your legs, you're sitting on a chair, try to have your legs out of so this knees are spread, so you get a firm triangular base. And if you're sitting on a cushion, same thing. You want some firm foundation because you want to have all the weight of your body basically poised above that, that firm foundation so that the weight of your body is being carried by the planet rather than by your muscles. So how does the back, the shoulders, the head align themselves with the base of the body? So you come into a balance, essentially it could be as becomes minimal effort required. Just some careful use of the lower back to bring the spine up, relaxing the shoulders, drawing the neck back in line with the spine so the head doesn't pull your body over. And just wriggling a little bit, getting your shoulders to settle until you come into balance. Quality of balance is a certain poise and freedom from effort. Freedom from pressure. This minimizes uh, the amount of sensations the body is dealing with, just to the simple sensation of sitting, sitting within space. So there's the firmness beneath you, you feel that. Also, be aware of space immediately in front of you there's no pressure and let yourself fully open into that available open space in front nobody's bothering you there's nothing you have to brace yourself for or defend yourself against in front of you is safe open free from intrusion Of your chest. Turn your back. Similarly, behind you. Take the weight off your back. Behind you is also free, free from obstruction, free from intrusion. Can you sense that? Letting your shoulders relax. And above your head, this limitless space above your head. Nothing. So it's important to recognize the space around your body, to allow it to relax. doing this you don't necessarily have to close your eyes you can do or you keep your eye focused slightly downcast so you're not getting distracted but um, remember that when you close your eyes you are prone to drifting, feeling sleepy or getting lost in thought so just be aware closing your eyes is not an absolute standard open half open, slightly open, fully open closed, whatever enables you to find this balance of being undistracted centred and yet alert not, not not sinking into moods or emotions or mental configurations, thoughts and so on
don't try to concentrate on anything in particular there's no instruction on concentrating instead there is absorbing drinking in, taking in stabilizing in the simplicity the body which has no future no past it's just here something very grounding about that Within this frame of reference, you probably notice steady movement which indicates the body is breathing. How do you know the body is breathing? Rhythmic, it repeats, it's pretty much the same or similar, it's rhythmic. Repeating to internal it's involuntary. If you feel that you're you are breathing, you're doing it, then uh, something needs to relax a little more. Good to keep your throat open, relax the jaw, let the tongue rest in the floor of the mouth. Keep your throat open as if you're about to swallow something. And be interested in how far down your body, the breath, will descend when you breathe out. How far down does it go? Does it go past your chest, your belly? Just curious if you're letting it gently lower and you're interested in how far it will travel and it stops let it go it's finished you wait and you let it happen let the in-breathing happen it becomes clearly an involuntary and with the in-breathing there's a certain brightening and gentle suffusion of energy lifts up, brightens and with the out breath a certain softening releasing calm quiet 
how do you know the difference between breathing in and breathing out? I'm suggesting you can immediately the body knows breathing in is when I want to get going breathing out is when I want to relax I need to do both so giving one's attention to this process Because it's involuntary, and you don't have to deserve it or be good at it, and it has a good effect on your body, it's calming, it's brightening, you can trust it. So a sense of trust. <coughs> This is nature, this is a natural process, trusting it, <clears throat> letting it have its message to the mind. Just follow this. Also, when you're breathing out, just what could be let go of now? What could just be let dissolve now? side. Breathing in what's good to pick up, to feel inspired by, literally inspired breathing in.
Just tuning into the natural state of the body, breathing in, breathing out, it's the most fundamental activity, involuntary. We let that process give us a focus, decide what we don't need, stay with what's good. (coughs) How is your awareness of all this? Awareness tends to open. space, clarity.
you find the quality of your experience, you begin to experience some kind of pressure. Mind feels unsteady or struggling or feeling it has to kind of hold hard to maintain itself. Just acknowledge the quality of stress of some kind and try to widen your attention something compassionate wide breathing out slowly Any, any place where there can be a relaxation or resting from the stress body attitude not really, not really trying to feel anything so much as be open to what's being felt and maintain continuity of presence with that. bell and what I do so is hear the sound give yourself a few moments to you know bring your attention out to the sense field to the visual the auditory the room around you so just lifting your attention from that introspection to something a little more expanded to awareness of this uh, physical realm we're living in sharing the space. I think you all have some familiarity with uh, meditation and you've been practicing for quite a number of years so aware of uh, the way the mind is and what comes up sometimes moving, a lot of it's moving sometimes chaotic, distressing, wonderful, awkward things there's a lot of dynamic there this is called the 
citta-sankhara, the energy of the movements of the mind. And uh, naturally, uh, we're conscious that these uh, mental movements become mental behavior. Mental behavior becomes verbal behavior, becomes physical behavior, tends to direct our lives. So we want to live in a way whereby there's some boundaries and some restraints and some proper ways of uh, sharing the space together where we don't negatively impact upon each other and uh, so we don't distract each other from what we're trying to do. So this is the time for the refuges and precepts in the spirit and the letter. Uh, first of all, refuge is a very telling word, uh, sense of safety, and that refuge is both needed from the afflictions that we can experience and create for ourselves actually, and the afflictions that others can bring upon us, sorrows, regrets, difficult moods and so on refuge from that is needed and it's, it's available you might say the fundamental quality of refuge is awareness which doesn't participate in activity but also doesn't shut down any activity it's, it's a neutral sanctuary with awareness gives us the chance to be open to our mental, emotional activities. We want to keep going, what's helpful here. And we begin to see ways, through this open awareness, we see ways in which we can unplug what's unnecessary or stressful. This is our refuge. Now, our refuge epitomized by Buddha. So we call it Buddha, means awakened. It's completely wide open, awake. These various symbols for that, that presence. So we're inheriting symbols from cultures of thousands of years. You have this figure represents a certain dignity, composure, simplicity, male forms, female forms. Um, taking refuge essentially in the essence of that, which we all have access to and are encouraged to bring forth, fulfill and put to work. Precepts are to do with moral boundaries or behavioral boundaries. And here there's the standard of Dhammagiri is the five, which simply represent non-abusive behavior to oneself or to others. To others as to myself, you could say is the fundamental precept. I don't do others what I wouldn't want them to do to me. Uh, and then you begin to expand what we mean by others. First of all, it's my friends, my relatives, there's other people, and it's even people I don't like. <laughs> and it's people in the past, people not here, and it's animals, uh, creatures, life forms. You know, I don't abuse, I don't, I try to deal with respect all of that so it's a very you can expand that quality of the precept and this itself is a training and education and a joy to cultivate the potential for that sense of love you know it's, it's the it's the could say it's the, the boundaries the, the behavioral boundaries which embrace the quality of communion and uh, sharing and fellowship. And ideally, we want to extend that as wide as we can. And it's beautiful when you want to achieve that. You feel really a sense of uh, tenderness and uh, sensitivity. It's exquisite. 
So in this sense, Sila is regarded as a treasure rather than a rule, rather than law and order, fear, damnation, judgment. It's considered a treasure for increased uh, beauty, sensitivity. It's the phrase is, you can use Sila as a vehicle towards well-being, sukha. Sukha, to well-being and accomplishment, both happiness and also a sense of, this is when I'm most... Uh, fluent. Yeah. I'm not snagging, I'm not snarling, I'm flowing. Sila in a Bulga Sampada, Sila is the fulfillment of, of good fortune, fulfillment of one's treasures. Because this is where our mind becomes less angular, dogmatic, frightened, judgmental, tense. It becomes sweet, and there's beauty in that more heartful. Uh, so this is, uh, and so it's also a vehicle towards cooling, or relaxing the tensions and the pressures of our life. This is the spirit in which we undertake the seal of the emblem of it is the flower. Something that opens, fragrant, delicate. And the letter of it, we have these five uh, precepts which of course you can contemplate and extend refraining from take, intentionally taking the life of anything that breathes that lives as life force in it so essentially this refers to, to the animal kingdom but of course it does encourage us to be more sensitive even to plant life, tree life recognising that everything in nature is interdependent you can't really have animals unless you have trees and grass. And you can't have people either. It's necessary in the soil. So how far can you extend that? Uh, to refrain from taking that which isn't given. Uh, what is given? We can to feel a sense of gratitude for what is given. We have this bodies that sort of function <laughs> uh, we have a life force uh, we've been given life uh, we've been given sense organs we've been given a functioning brain we've got minds that, how much of this did you create? none of it it's all given it's not mine it's given if one really sees in this the potential for it how much more do we really want anyway just that which we need to sustain ourselves and recognising the tendency to fancy things, to want things to acquire things uh, as being a a really uh, fundamental human problem covetousness, greed and just being able to feel the dignity of that restraint even so for myself I don't take any food that isn't offered physically offered so it's a little more than not stealing it's stealing to guard one's mind from uh, coveting and wanting um, to refrain from sexual misconduct abusing people sexually taking advantage of people for one's own sexually for one's own uh, uh, pleasure without respect is the essence of it and this time we will extend that to uh, celibacy just maintaining restraint over sexual activity um, finding and there's something about deep meditation that is very fulfilling on a, in a pleasurable way. So I've been able to maintain celibate life for 40 years. It's been a struggle at times, I must admit. But overall, uh, I've found uh, deep pleasure and uh, very, uh, very, myself, agreeable way of relating to 
people of opposite sex to find out a problem. Then people do mess up sexually, definitely abuse and get abused. So really to use keeping the five at least gives you that sense of there is a boundary here. <laughs> you know. Uh, there's an energy that doesn't want to follow that, doesn't want to sit within that boundary and oh, no, 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 yes, no, 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 no. Extend this not just to other people's bodies, but even to what we watch, what we see, titillation, sexual fascination, sexual arousal through images and pictures and so forth. Where does that go? To refrain from wrong speech, mutsawada literally means um, telling, saying that which isn't true, but also. You recognise that Buddha pointed to four kinds of, of flawed speech habits. One is saying that which isn't true, uh, saying that which is directly harsh, abusive, saying that which is just about spreading rumours and gossip, backstabbing, and saying that which is just kind of pointless babble, you know, overflowing one's own nervous energy onto other people. So. <laughs> the standard for retreat is silence <laughs> and uh, seeing silence is actually quite a benefit because uh, you can hear the silence and you begin to regard listen to the silence itself as a kind of balm for the overactive mental processes kind of soft balm and one should approach silence in that attitude of a listening, hushing quality that wraps around us rather than shut up <laughs> you know, it's not allowed but uh, listen to the silence offer each other silence and there's quite a lot of our verbal activities just reassuring hello, nice to see you hey, are you okay, I'm okay recognize we will just make this statement in your heart to everyone <laughs> you're all okay you're fine we don't need the we don't need the chat to prove it instead share food help out with the chores uh, look out for each other you know. somebody hasn't got a flashlight show the way to go to their cookie you know do walk the talk without the talk <laughs> just walk it walk the goodwill yeah. And this helps one's own verbal faculties to calm down, thinking mind. Last precept, fifth precept, is the phrase with intoxicants. So this, this, the bottom line of this is, is, is alcohol and anything that's, in, you know, uh, recreational drugs, things of this nature, obviously not pharmaceuticals. The things that are just there to intoxicate and if you want to deepen into that precept, you look at thing, quality, things that you read, which are just sort of stimulants, you know, just to stimulate the mind. So here we refrain from music, um, unnecessary reading. If you, can, you know, if you can avoid reading altogether, then that's good. Or you just take a little piece and read it very carefully and listen to it and think it through and take it in. But certainly it's not a bad idea just to switch off altogether. And, um, you know, one of the main things I notice, which isn't in the precepts, it really becomes much more of a topic, is these things. Mobile phones. Um, and most everybody seems to have one. And they are, uh, and the funny thing is, when I'm talking to somebody and a mobile phone rings, they drop me and talk to the phone. And these things have taken over. <laughs> uh, 
to, you know, there's always good reasons for it. Connection, interconnection, people obviously enjoy connection through phones. Um, internet, news, tells you everything you need to know about everything else. Very powerful, uh, wanting to switch it off. And uh, put it away, give it to Tanisara, put it in the safe or something. Switch it off. Um, just like here, we've created a little raft. You know, like just imagine we're on a ship. We've we've kind of we've created a particular situation. We've come to a particular situation to to switch off. You know, to to deepen, to go in. And these things, they're like <laughs> they pull us out. So I really recommend you unplug, switch them off, hand them in. Stick them under your bed or something or the other to the end of the trip. Yeah. So, uh, this is in essence, these are the, the precepts we're going to uh, use. Common is a boundary. Um, in some places, you keep the eight precepts. Actually, here, the fifth precept, you're using it like the eight, one of the eight precepts. The other important or significant precept really is about eating in the evening and um, you know often people struggle with this becomes too much of a problem so standing here is a little more yeah you know the main meal is at midday and then you have something like in the evening if you want to abstain from that so I, I always do um, it's up to you it's, you don't have to but, uh, just look at what you need and don't force your body to do things it can't do now. So I'd like to ask us all to take the five precepts formally, something about the verbal collective determination and a formal dedication that gives it a certain uh, gravity. And you'll find this page 56 through 60. No, no, sorry, 56 to 58. <coughs> <coughs> Sambutasa namotasa bhagavato rahato samma sambutasa namotasa bhagavato rahato samma sambutasa namotasa bhagavato rahato samma sambutasa namotasa bhagavato Dhammang saranam gacchami Dhyampi 
intoxicating drink and drugs which lead to carelessness. I undertake the precept to refrain from intoxicating drink and drugs which lead to carelessness. Imani Pancha Sika Patani Silena Sukatin Yanti Silena 